this is Anchor Faith Church. <laughs> what else are we going to talk about? Come on, man. This is Anchor Faith Church. We are faith people, and, and I love faith uh, because it is what gives us access into this kingdom that we've inherited, right? You've got to come in by faith. You've got to come in believing in something you haven't seen, believing in something you've never experienced, believing in something uh, that, that you, you, you've never never uh, experienced before. And um, uh, we've got to live a life of faith. The Bible tells us that it's impossible to even please God without faith. I'm thankful that God loves me, but I want him to be pleased by me. It's one thing to be loved by God. It's another to be pleasing to God. Right? We, we've seen this before. I love my son, but there are times he's not pleasing. And um, and so we want to recognize that, you know, loving God doesn't take any action on our part or being loved by God. I mean, being loved by God for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He did that before uh, the world even existed, before the world was even created. You don't have to do anything to earn God's love and you can't do anything to refuse God's love. He will always love you. But I want to get beyond just being loved by God. I want God, I want God to be pleased by my life. I don't. Like we said last week, I don't want to merely exist. I want to please God with everything that I do. And so this life of faith is, is vital to the believer and it's vital to the kingdom. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. We don't uh, access anything in the kingdom of God without faith. Just as we use uh, cash and finance uh, to access things in this earth, that's our currency that we use. Faith is the currency by which we uh, take hold of any promise that God has declared to us, anything that he's made available to us. I got to have faith. If I don't have faith in my in my pocket to turn over, then I can't receive what God has already made available to me. Because faith doesn't create something. Faith moves something from one realm to another. Everything I need, he's already made available. Every resource. And it belongs to me. But I've got to have some faith to access it. See, when I'm believing in faith for healing, I'm not, you know, God isn't up there in his little laboratory conjuring up some healing, working on it, you know, getting all the right chemicals together. And, you know, it's already available by his stripes. You were healed. But now I need some faith to access. Here's some faith. Okay, here's your healing. We're making an exchange. Moving it from an unseen realm where I don't see it into the seen realm where it now manifests in my body. And the sickness has to go and the symptoms have to be rebuked out of my body. But it takes faith to make that exchange. I remember, uh, you know, when I was a kid, uh, you know, uh, I would always tell my parents if they if I would tell them, hey, I need money for this or, you know, something at a, uh, you know, maybe a school trip or a field trip or, something, or maybe I wanted to buy something. We loved the dollar store growing up. I don't know why. I'm sure my parents loved it too because they, they, I thought I was getting, you know, something worth a million bucks. And they're like, Psh, that was a dollar. And we'd go in there and, I, you know, I want, I want this. Oh, I, I don't have any cash. And we would always, me and my brother both, we'd just tell our parents, just write a check. That's what we would tell them. Just write a check. You got checks? I mean, we'd go to the, we'd go to the purse and pull it out. Just write the check. You know, that's the same thing. I don't know that there's got to be something in the bank backing up the check. I don't know that. Out of cash? Oh, just write checks. You know, waiting for the day to, for my son to just tell me, oh, just pull the credit card out. Just pull the card out. 
Yeah, there's got to be something in there that accesses, right? But look, we can tell God, just write the check. Just swipe the card. Why? Because he's backing us up. His, his inventory, his resources are never depleted. That's the God that I serve. So we've been talking about faith, and we talked about, first, the believing of faith. You've got to get it in your heart. We've got to get it in our heart, right? And faith starts on the inside. We've got, to, we've got to make that exchange. We've got to get that understanding and that knowing. Uh, and, and, and honestly, just simply the recognition of who God is and what we have available to us in our heart. If you believe in your what? Heart. And then confess with your mouth. So I've got to get it down here before I get it out here. And then last week we talked about beyond belief. We talked about the action of faith, the living by faith, the application of faith. Faith without works is dead. That word dead means ineffective and incomplete. I don't work to get faith, but because I have faith, now I work it out. Now I've got to put some action to it. Now I've got to, got to present some, some lifestyle that says I'm in faith. Some people say they're in faith, and you never know it unless they told you. And then there's others, you can just tell. They don't even have to say nothing. You know, and they're standing in faith for something. Every, everything they do, everywhere they go, uh, uh, everything they present to you is a life of faith. You can just see it coming off of them. How? Because they're cutting roofs open and dropping men, uh, dropping a man, a paralyzed man on a mat before Jesus. And it says when Jesus saw their faith, he didn't hear it. He saw it. The woman with the issue of blood pressing in the crowd. He saw her faith. He saw it. Something was communicating, you're in faith. You're believing for something. And your actions in your lifestyle are, 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 are uh, uh, accompanying your belief. We've got to have actions that are applied to our faith. Can't just say we're in faith and then live by doubt and unbelief. What are you doing that's living out your faith? What are you doing that tells people around you, I'm in faith, and, and you, you never even have to utter a word? So these, these are elements of faith. Faith is not just, yeah, you know, I believe it. We've got to get the elements in place. We've got we, we to get the equation right. Okay? Today I want to talk on a, that's a very simple principle, but this is good. Isn't it good to be reminded of some things? Isn't it good to hear some things again and again? Paul, would, Paul and Peter and even Jesus, I, it, it, it's encouraging to me to remind you of. Reminding, reminding, reminding. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, I think is where we want to go. Yep, Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the what? Tongue. One of the smallest members in the body. Yet that, that tongue contains the power of death and life. I mean, that, that's, that's a pretty strong power. In the tongue, in our words, in your mouth. We want to talk about the confession. We want to talk about in other words. Because there are going to be times when you're living a life of faith, you're going to have to say something different than what you see. In fact, that is faith. Faith doesn't just declare what it is. It declares what it can be. Faith says something. Thank God I can believe it. Thank God I can live it. 
But now my declaration has to line up with my belief system. And I'll tell you right now, many people are forfeiting and compromising their belief system with their mouth. They say something different than what's in their heart. The Bible tells us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But I'll tell you right now, you'll get in situations where you have the opportunity to say something different than what you believe it can be. Because how easy is it to just simply say what it is? This is the danger. This is the danger. Our, we, we, are, we are stifled by our words. We are tripped up by the words we speak. We, we are believing one thing inside, and we're shaping a whole other world with our mouth. If you don't like what you're seeing, you might want to check in on what you're saying. <laughs> you don't like what you're seeing, check in on what you're saying. Your, wor- your words create your world. It's the power of our words. This is the, 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 uh, the Father in heaven in the beginning. He what? Spoke the world into existence. Spoke it. Spoke it. Spoke it. Words. Wasn't up there working? You ever notice that, that it, it's simply the word of someone that can get the job done sometimes? I mean, if our president right now were, were to, to uh, send an order right down to our Moody Airman right over here, he doesn't have to show up on the scene. He doesn't have to fly here and, you know, and, and land his big old plane over here uh, and, and get in front of these, these men and say, hey, I want you to, just his word alone will activate all these troops and send them wherever they need to be. His word. The Father spoke this world into existence. He said, let there be light. And what? There was light. Spoken by his words. Death and life. Death and life. Are in the, the power of the tongue. The, the new living says it this way. I believe we have the new living. The tongue can bring death or life. Watch this. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. You know, we, we've always said you reap what you sow. This verse tells us that you reap what you say. You reap what you say, because what you're saying is what you're sowing. If you don't like the harvest you're, you're reaping, take a look at the seed you're sowing. Any farmer in this, in this room can tell you that. You reap what you sow. Well, your words are, are sown. Matthew chapter 13, the parable of the sower. The sower went out and sowed the what? The word. When you're speaking, you're casting seed on the ground. You're putting seed out there. What you're saying is what you're sowing. You reap what you say. We're we're shaping that world. We're creating that environment right around us with our words. I've gotten around faith people that don't talk like faith people. And it begs the question, are you really a faith person? Mark chapter 11, Mark chapter 11. We know this. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. That's actually translated, actually translated, have the God kind of faith. Have the God kind of faith. Did you know that God is a faith God? 
Did you know that God loves to talk about stuff that hasn't been? <laughs> you know that God loves to find an old man uh, 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 beyond, well beyond the years of childbearing who's married to a wife that can't have kids and said, you're a father of many nations. That's the God I serve. That's the God I serve that, that, that finds a shepherd boy that is at the bottom of the barrel and says, you're the next king of Israel. That's the God I serve. The God I serve goes out and finds a Gideon that's actually hiding from everybody and says, hey, mighty man of valor. Because he loves to talk about stuff that hasn't been yet. He loves to talk to potential. He loves to talk about what it can be, not what it is. Have the God kind of faith. When he's saying have faith in God, he's literally saying have the God kind. Have faith like God. Have faith like God. I thank God that he's a God. He's a he's a faith God. Not a doubt God. Not a what it is God. But what it can be God. Amen. He says, he goes on to say, verse 23, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. So the heart is connected to the mouth. Okay? They're, they're one and the same. So we can't eliminate what we've heard. I can't just go around saying stuff. Well, why isn't my thing changing? Well, because you've got to get your heart right. You've got to get your heart lined up with your mouth. Get them in alignment. Let's get it all taken care of. Don't doubt in your heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. Have you ever said something, but you don't believe it'll get done? Yeah. So we got to get it all lined up. But believes that what he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Kenneth e. Hagin, he had a little book called You Can Have What You Say. And if he was still alive, I'd go in his office and I would tell him, there's only one thing wrong with your book. One thing. It should be titled, You Will Have What You Say. Because he says, if you believe, you will have. You will have. Whatever you say. There, 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 there's, no, there, there's no qualifier on this thing. So if you say it's going to be bad, it's going to be bad. If you say it's going to be good, it's going to be good. You will reap. What you sow, you will reap what you say. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, when you pray, when you pray, not when you get it, when you ask for it. When you, when you, get, you, you get it when you ask for it. When I declare, when I say it, when I pray, when I make the request known to God. That's when I get it. You know, I, you know, if, if my son asks me for, you know, something, and I bring it to him, I give it to him, I wouldn't, I would be disappointed if he kept coming and asking me for the same thing. Daddy, can I have $5? Okay, here's $5. Daddy, can I have $5? I just gave you $5. Daddy, can I have, why are we still asking for things if we really believe we got it when we ask? You ask one time and then you thank him the rest of the time. That's the normal response, isn't it? You expect a thank you. I believe God expects a thank you sometimes. I believe he expects a thank you before we see it. I mean, if somebody tells me, hey, check's in the mail, then what am I believing? I'm believing that it's on its way. 
I may not have it in my possession, but it has left the source and it's on the way to me. So it would be ridiculous for me to go, if Matt mails me a check and says, uh, uh, hey, here's your check for a million dollars. It's in the mail. I'm saying, thank you, Matt. Two days later, hey, I don't have it in the mail, but thank you, man. Thank you for sending us that check, man. We really needed that. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, did you get it? No, not yet, but you said you sent it. And you're a man of your word, and I believe you, and I trust you. I'm in faith that you put it in the mail. I mean, I didn't see you walk to the mailbox and stick it in. I didn't see you put the stamp on it. I didn't see you drive down to the post office and make sure it got there. I mean, a check for a million dollars. You probably handed me that in person, by the way. Don't put that in the mail. Might get intercepted. But what I believe I receive when I ask, when I pray. He says, if you believe that you read, all I'm doing is waiting on the natural manifestation. All I'm waiting to do is, is see it in the natural. But by faith, I receive what is in the unseen into the seen. Ask when you pray. Believe that you receive them and you will have them. Look at this in, in verse 23. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. We've got five says and one believe. I need to be speaking five times as much as I'm believing. Great. You believe it in your heart. That's awesome. Quit saying things that are contrary to what you believe. Quit contrary. Quit, quit intercepting the promise with your mouth. Quit declaring another thing that you say you believe in your heart. I believe it in my heart, but now I'm confessing with my... That's how we got into this thing, right? By confessing. By making a, a verbal agreement. You know that's what that word means, right? Confess, confess, confess. It means to make a binding agreement. It means you're, you're making a pact. We're coming into unity here. I'm agreeing with my mouth. Now, I know that in today's society, what someone says, you know, isn't, you know, worth a whole lot. Your, your word is as good as you are. You're only as good as your word. But I, we serve a God that's never let us down, never forsaken us. He's always faithful. And so is his word. God and his word are inseparable. They are one. Your word is truth, the Bible says. So I can take him at his word. I can take him at his word. So I've got to be saying some stuff. Look at James chapter 3. James chapter 3. James chapter 3. You reap what you say. We reap. What we say. James chapter 3. Again, just kind of looking at the power of the tongue. The power of our words. James chapter 3 and verse 2. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. Able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths. That they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, 
wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member, but boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire uh, kindles. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body, sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men and have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth, Proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same uh, opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives? Grapevines bear figs. Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. What's he talking about? He's saying that the, 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 the course of our lives are set by our mouth. Where you're going is determined by what you're saying. Where you're going is determined by what you're saying. He's saying that the confession of my mouth determines the direction of my life. The confession of my mouth determines the direction of my life. Again, if we don't like the direction we're going, if we don't like what we're seeing, if we don't like where we're headed, Many times we can go just simply as far as our words, our mouth. Speak life, not death. Speak words of faith, not doubt. This causes us many times to have to speak contrary, contradictory to what is actually happening around us. This is how we obtain the promises of God. The confession of my mouth determines the direction of my life. I want to give you today just four simple ways that we can use our mouth to move ourselves in the direction of God's promises. How can I use my mouth? How can I use my words? I want to give you four simple ways. Number one is praise. Praise. Uh, This is probably one of the most uh, underrated opportunities that we have how many times do we miss out on praise what we just did can be done at any time anywhere you don't need a band don't call me and say hey can you guys come and come in my living room having a bad day can y'all just come in and do some worship (laughs) don't need that out of your mouth in fact I'll be honest with you. I love praise and worship music. I listen to a lot of it myself, and it's blessed me. And if you have any questions on, you know, who are some good groups, because I'll tell you right now, there are some that they're not singing the Word of God. I'll just be straight up honest with you. Just because it's a Christian artist or it's on the radio or it's popular doesn't mean it aligns with the Word. We tell, you know, we tell you all the time, and we tell our worship team that every weekend you receive two messages. I'm giving you a message, but you also receive a message during worship while we're singing. That's no different. We sing the word up here. We don't just sing stuff that sounds good, feels good. We sing the word of God, and if it doesn't align with the word of God, we'll change it. Or we won't do it at all. (laughs) 
I won't even do it. I don't care. I've had people bring songs to me just because it's popular. It's on the radio. And when I get down and actually read the word, it's like, that's not in the Bible. Why would I sing that? What verse is that? Show that to me. In fact, that is directly against what the word of God says. It's in opposition. And we're singing that. No, we don't need to do that. Don't need to do that. But I'll be honest with you. Some of the, the, the greatest times of praise and worship that I have is when I sing my own songs. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs unto the Lord. I don't need a band. I don't need a song. I don't need a group. I don't need, uh, you know, the latest worship album. Because sometimes what happens is I'll just end up listening to that, and I'm not even saying anything out of my own mouth. Just something to think about. Jesus said, if you don't do it, the rocks will do it. I don't want, I don't want 94.1 replacing my praise. I don't want some group or some church or some, some song. By the way, I don't know if y'all know, I guess I, I need to make this known, that Anchor Faith Church has a worship album we just released just a couple months ago. Pastor Marcus Kreiner down in St. Augustine and the group down there, they went into this. Well, they did a live uh, 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 recording last year, the end of the year, and then um, they went in the studio to finish it up, and it's done. And you can get it on iTunes, and you need to get it. It's four songs. Go ahead, get it. I'm just, you can wait. You can wait. But it's as simple as that. You can get it on your phone. Get it on your computer. Get it. Just, just look up Anchor Faith Church. Worship. I mean, it's it's a self-titled album. Go get it. Four songs that will absolutely, and it's just the beginning. We've already been prophesied over that our world, that our work, that our songs are going to reach the world, going everywhere. I mean, it was, I mean, for whatever it's worth, it was like number eight the day that it came out. It was number eight on the 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 Christian uh, charts on iTunes. Number eight downloaded album that day. Incredible. So make sure you go and get that. But don't let that replace your mouth. Put his words in your mouth. I think it was Keith Moore that said it. Uh, God's word in my mouth is just as powerful as God's word in his mouth. It's no different. When I speak his word, it's the same as if, as if he spoke it. But praise. We've got to lift up praise. Look at Psalms 34. Psalms 34, verse 1. I will bless the Lord at what? Sometimes. At the good times. No, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Uh, Verse 1, Psalm 103, I will bless the Lord. Sometimes we're so consumed with the Lord blessing us that we forget that we need to bless him. I will bless the Lord at all times. Verse 1, Psalms 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy. You realize when all of you is blessing the Lord, then there's none of you. That's not blessing the Lord. 
all of you. He wants all of it. Give him all of it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. One of the greatest ways to remind yourself of what the Lord has done or what the Lord will do or what the Lord is going to do is through praise. It's pretty difficult. It's pretty hard. I mean, I'm sure if you work really hard at it, you could do it. But it's pretty difficult to remain discouraged in the midst of praise. That's why in here, it's so easy to be encouraged. It's so easy to be lifted up. I mean, all of you feel like conquering the mountains uh, that are in your life. You know, all week long, we've been battle tested and, and wounded, you know, in the midst of war. But then we get in here and it's like, man, this, this is heaven on earth right here. This is awesome. This shouldn't have to stop when we leave. If it would continuously be on your lips, if you would bless the Lord with all your soul and forget not, forget not, forget not all his benefits, forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed. Like the eagles. I mean, this is as far as we have to go. To get lifted up, to get encouraged rather than discouraged. It'll lift your spirit if we'll praise with our mouth. Let's praise him. Let's worship him. Number two, second way, is thanksgiving. Ten lepers come to Jesus. Only one comes back to thank him. Missed opportunity to use our mouth. Because the confession of my mouth is the direction of my life. And when I get in a posture of thanksgiving for what he has done. Thanksgiving for what he's going to do. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 tells us, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Just repeating that, just helping us remember. No anxiety, no worry. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known. It's kind of weird to thank somebody for something at the moment you're asking them. But that's exactly what Paul is asking us to do. Telling us to do. When you make the request known, attach it with thankfulness. Attach it with thanksgiving. Attach it with the heart of gratitude. Because when you thank him for it, you believe he can do it. I don't thank people for stuff that they can't do. I thank you for trying. <laughs> Thanks for trying. But you thank people for what they can do. Sometimes we are just simply missing the element of gratitude when we're living a life of praise. Thankfulness. I don't ever want to be in a position where I'm not thankful for what he's done in my life. And again, If I truly believe that I receive when I pray, when I ask, then I would immediately follow that up with thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
And people are saying, well, why are you thanking God? You don't have it yet. Oh, I have it. It's just in a different realm. But if you try to move me into doubt, you're going to cause me to miss my miracle. You're going to cause me to miss out on what I'm believing God for. So thankfulness. Thanksgiving. We need to have a heart of thanksgiving. Number three. How can I use my mouth? How can I use my mouth? The confession of my mouth to determine the direction of my life. Number three is requests. Make the request known. Now that sounds simple. But how many times do we not ask for what we're believing for? I mean, I've caught myself. I think I'm believing for something, but yet I've never actually made that request known to God. Now, we just saw here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, that it says to let your request be made known to God. Are you believing for something that you've never really asked for? Can you take yourself back to the moment? I mean, my, my mom used to have a, a, a journal that she wrote those things down in. She could go back to the date and the time of when she made the request known. See, sometimes we assume that we've asked when we're really just believing for something that we've never even asked for. Now you're saying, well, God knows everything. Sure he does. Matthew chapter 6, 8. Matthew chapter 6, 8. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. We go on down and even into um, uh, verse 33, 34. 33 is seek first the kingdom, and all these things will be added. Verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will, will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So God knows what we need before we ask, but it still is telling us to ask. Make the request known. We learned about this on Wednesday night, and we talked about uh, getting rid of anxiety. And worry in our lives. Because when I make the request known, I am revealing my confidence that he can do it. Just the very fact that I'm asking him reveals that in my heart I believe he can do it. Have you ever asked someone to do something or help you do something and you don't have the confidence that they can help you do it? Most of the time, you don't even bother asking. I don't bother asking my wife to help me move furniture. I just figure it out. I call somebody. Why? My wife's not going to help me. I'm not confident in that. I'm confident she can do some other things. But you want to, you ask out of confidence. The very fact that I'm requesting assistance is revealing the fact I believe you can help me. I believe you can answer me. Make the request known. Make the request known. Praise him. Let praise and worship be continually in your mouth. Come to him with thanksgiving and gratitude. Proactive gratitude. Proactive praise. That means before I see it, I'm doing all this. Before it happens. 
And now we learn that we need to make the request of the petition No, We need to bring the, you know, uh, it, it might sound weird for some of you, but you can make demands on God. Make a demand that he will honor his word. When you're honoring his word, you can make a demand that he honor his word. I'm living my life according to your word. I'm living my life holy and pleasing unto you. I'm, I'm, I'm sowing and tithing into the church. I'm, 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 I'm living my life out the way your word has directed me. So now I have the confidence that you will honor your word to me. And make a demand. That's faith. That's bold, audacious faith. God, you said. Which brings me to my next and fourth. Declare the promises of God. Declare the promises of God. Now, here's where a lot of people trip up in declaring the promises of God. They don't know the promises of God. Can't declare what I don't know, right, Josh? I can't say it if I don't know it. I can't give the answer if I haven't, if I haven't studied it. So that's why I have his word. I have his word. I can go in this book and I can learn his word on any situation in my life. If it's sickness, if it's disease, if it's a marriage issue, if it's a financial issue, if it's a, 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 a whatever problem you experience in your life, the word covers all of it. His word covers all of it. But I need to know his promises. His promises are yes and amen. I've always wondered about that. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. What's the significance? His promises are yes and amen to those in Christ Jesus. His promises are yes. Yes on his side. But it needs an amen on my side. There's two parts. Amen literally means so be it. That's what it means. When I'm preaching, you shout amen. Amen, pastor. It charges me up. Gets me excited. Makes me want to preach a little more and a little louder. But it also lets me know you're agreeing with me. You're saying, so be it. So be it. You just attached yourself to that thing. You said, yes, so be it in my life. So be it. That's what amen means. It's yes on his side. He's already declared the promise. It's already done. Past tense already made available. But now it needs me to come alongside and say, amen. So be it. I grab a hold of it, and now it's in my Declare the promises of God. It's just so amazing to see in Numbers chapter 13 an entire nation, an entire nation forfeited the promise of God for their lives and what God wanted them to pursue with their mouth. With a negative report. With a report that said it's too big. With a report that said it's too strong. With a report that said the walls are too fortified. With a report that said we are too small. We are like grasshoppers in their sight. They were more concerned with how they looked in their sight than how they looked in God's sight. Because God had already given them the promised past tense land. Thousands of years, generations before they even showed up on the planet. And Abraham is thinking, what are you doing? What are you doing? He already declared this. 
He already promised this. He already said this was yours. You just have to go in and possess it. And you're forfeiting your future with your mouth. They never even fought the battle. They lost the battle in their mouth before they ever waged war with their hands. It's our assumption that this story happened. And you get what you say. Matthew chapter 25, there was a, a master that, that gave talents to three of his servants. One, five, one, two, another one. And, and, and the one with five and two, when they responded with the ten and the four, what did the master say? Enter into the joy of your Lord. Happy guy. Sounds like a great boss. Tell me the guy I want to go work for. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with little. Now you will be made ruler over much. Enter into the joy of your Lord. But then the last servant. Well, I knew you to be a a hard man. Reaping where you have not sown. Hard? Hard? What's hard? He said, enter into the joy of your Lord. He just gave them authority over what they were faithful with. What's hard? That's not a hard man. Sounds like a very nice man. Sounds like a good boss. Sounds like someone everyone wants to work for. Why? He got what he said. His assumption destroyed. He assumed something about his master. Same master, two different perspectives. Same promised land, two different perspectives. Both opportunities got what they said. You see challenge, I see victory. You see trial, I see progress. And yet by our assumption, by what we think it can do, or what we think it's going to be like, or what we think it can produce. No, 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 no. I want to declare God's promise. And this is the exciting thing about declaring God's promise. He already said it. He already said it. See, you you can't declare a promise from the Lord that he hasn't declared himself. But you have to get in agreement. See, when I declare the promises of the Lord, all I'm doing is agreeing with what he already said. I am the healed of the Lord. And God says, well, thank you for agreeing with me. I'm glad we both see eye to eye now. I'm glad we both have come to the same conclusion on the matter. I do believe by his stripes I was healed. By his stripes I am healed. I believe that. And God says, good, let's go to work now that we're in agreement. Now that we're working together, now that our words are in unity. Because that's literally what that word confess, it means to agree with. I'm not, I'm not declaring something that God hasn't already said. I've got his backing on the matter. He said he would. Isn't that what Joshua did when he went into the land? 
Because Joshua said, look, meditate on my word day and night. Observe to do all that is commanded you. Uh, uh, and then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will be uh, full. Did I not say be courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For I, the Lord, am with you wherever you go. And so when Joshua got into Jericho, and when Joshua got into these territories and in these lands, and started taking the Israelites in there, he said, now God, he got before God. He said, God, now look, if we lose this battle, not my name on the line your name you promised you said camden loves to remind me of what i promised you promised you were going to buy you promised you were going to take me you promised you were going to do you promised you promised okay i gotta honor my promise he promised he promised i mean camden will even go to other kids he said my dad said my dad said he would my dad said he would. Come on, that's the same childlike faith. Childlike faith. Camden has never come to me, never has he ever come to me and said, uh, Daddy, do we have enough money for dinner tonight? No, he says, I'm hungry, what's to eat? No doubt. No concern. No worry. Because my father has all the resources. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It's just my job to steward. My job to own it and control it according to his. It's his. It belongs to him anyways. Joshua is saying, not only is this our word or our, our, our land by what you've declared, but it belongs to you anyways. The Philistines don't own it. The Malachites don't own it. The Amorites don't own it. The termites don't own it. They don't own it. God owns it. It belongs to God. And if he says he needs it, if the master says he needs the colt, then untie the colt and deliver it to me. But with our mare, we are, we are snared by the words of our mouth. Snared by the words of our mouth. May we give more attention, better attention, to the, to, the, to the direction of our mouth. Father, we thank you. The confession of our mouth determines the direction of our life. We confess by faith. We say what we believe you've already declared. We believe it in our heart, but we confess it with our mouth. We don't let it stop at our heart and shortchange what you want to do, what you can do what you will do, what you're able to do. Because he who promised is well able to perform. You will perform your promise. Come on, just to declare that. Whatever you're believing for right now, whatever you're standing in faith for, whatever you believe that you will see but you don't see yet, just declare it. I believe you will perform your promise. I believe you will perform. I believe that you sent your word and you healed them. You sent your word like the rain falls on the ground, like the snow comes in the winter. It will not return void. It will accomplish that which you sent it forth to do. We believe your word will perform. And now we agree and we declare the promise of God. With thanksgiving, we make the petition and the request known and we praise you before we see it. We worship you like it's already done. Because we're in faith. We're in faith. 
and we declare it with our mouth. We thank you, Father, that your promises are yes and amen through Christ Jesus. And we agree in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said amen.